0: Amen, amen, God is good, amen Amen, thank you for that church, amen If you have your Bibles with me um, If you turn to the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark I'm going to be reading from chapter 1 The Gospel of Mark, chapter 1 You know in snooker. Uh, There is a a professional, he's ranked number one in the entire world, Uh, his name is Ronnie O'Sullivan. Ronnie the Rocket O'Sullivan. Ranked number one in the entire world. He's won many, many world championships, many domestic championships, championships for the UK. He was the youngest player to ever qualify for the world championships at 16 years old. Uh, He was the youngest player to win the UK championships at 17 years old. Uh, this man, he can play snooker like it is, he's like a scientist when you watch him. Um, he has he's had over a thousand century breaks. What that means is, you know, in snooker you take turns, and he's had over thousands of century breaks. That means when he breaks, the person that he's playing doesn't get up until this person scored a hundred points or over a hundred points. That's what a century break, and he's had thousands of those. Uh, He's had a a max score of 147. That's the maximum score you could score when you break. He had that and he got that in 5 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, this guy is, is, is almost supernatural as he plays. Uh, he, he's uh, he just able to come. Whenever you play and you see your name against this man, your, your soul just, just goes, it just dies within you. Because you know, listen, you ain't going to touch the cue until he scored at least 100 points. That's, that's how it works when you're playing one of your Sullivan. Um, and they said that he is probably the greatest player to ever pick up a cue. Now, that's, a, that's an accolade, the greatest player to ever pick up a cue. Um, and he is praised for having national or, or sorry natural talent. That's what they say, he's praised for having natural talent. And he was in an interview one time, and he says, listen, he said these words, it's lovely to hear people say that I'm a genius, um, I'm the greatest player, it's lovely to hear that. But he says, when people say that it's just natural talent, it says it bothers him. He says it bothers him because he says, that means it's like me just waking up out of bed. And for the past 30 years, I've just won these titles. I've just got natural talents. I wake up out of bed. He says, no, it's much more than that. He says it's not just natural talent. It's much more. He says he can practice up to eight hours a day. Now, nobody sees that. He says he can get up early morning and practice until late evening. Church is simple. What he is saying is is that what he sees or what people see outside in the public is the result of what he does when he's on his own. When people see him smashing 147 max breaks, they see him doing century breaks and so on out in the public, that is a direct result of what he's done in the solitude. Now, I say that not so we can become great snooker players. We can go and do that. We can try and win some titles. But I want to make a direct correlation. I want to draw the link with the journey that we call life. More specifically, I want to link it to our understanding of the issue of prayer. See, because if I want to wrap this sermon up in one line, I would say the secret to prayer is secret prayer. I want to talk about a sermon entitled, uh, Solitary Confinement, out of Mark chapter 1 and verse number 35. Now listen, we're about to read one verse of Scripture. Now sometimes when you do this, this can be very dangerous. Because you can take one verse of scripture and take and blow it out of proportion. I can take one verse of scripture and make it say what I want it to say. So it can be dangerous and I try to avoid this sometimes to give context. But this morning, will you allow me just to read one verse of scripture? and I'm going to unpack that. Is that okay? Mark chapter 1 verse number 35. The Bible says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. Now, firstly, church, I want to analyze this one verse of scripture. Um, I want to go through some analysis here just to understand what it is we've read. Like I said, we've read one verse of scripture, but I want to begin by analyzing this portion of scripture. And listen, in the corporate world, When you want to try and gather some information, you want to try and understand something, you want to try and build a picture, you usually use a tool set called the five W questions. And some of you may know what this is. You start off with who? You start off with what? Then when? Then where? And then why? And that's exactly what I want to do with this portion of scripture. We can unpack it and we can start to understand and get some uh, reverence or get some revelation from what Jesus did in his life. Now the first thing I want to look at is who. The Bible says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he Prayed. Now, of course, you don't need to be a Bible scholar to understand that we are referring to none other than Jesus of Nazareth here in this scripture. We're talking about Jesus, but gathering that, listen, it is significant that we need to understand the who because we need to understand exactly why we're talking about it. And it starts with who we're talking about. And we're talking about Jesus Christ Himself. And that is very significant because sometimes in this world, sometimes in society, we We don't actually know who Jesus Christ is. Can you say amen in this place? Sometimes we can get him confused. Some people call him a prophet. Come on now. Some people call him just a good teacher. And that's why he thought it was important that he made this statement to his disciples in Matthew 16, verse number 13. The Bible says, Who do men say that I am, or say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some said John the Baptist, some said Elijah, others Jeremiah, or others the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So we need to understand the person we're talking about here is Jesus Christ himself, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Listen, and when you understand who you're talking about, the dynamics change. Does that make sense? You understand who you're talking about. The dynamics have a different, uh, it's it's, it's a whole different board game. Like I could give you a football right now and the football has my name signed on. I can give you that, uh, it's probably going to be worth about 10 pounds. Hey, hey, fifteen. If you know who I am, okay, you know, all right? But how many know if you have that same ball and it had Cristiano Ronaldo on it. Come on, that ball will be worth a little bit more than fifteen pound. Me and him, are, you know, we're just we're almost at the same levels, but he's got a little bit more on me. Come on now, because now you're understanding who this is. You understand Christianado, you understand who that person is. Now it carries value, it carries weight because you understand who I'm talking about. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Our first part of the analysis is who, and it's significant because Jesus Christ is the Son of the Living God. And that's who we're talking about right now. And that's why it's significant. So we know who the who is. Now it's the what. Our text says that he prayed. And here lies the real power of a Christian. It's the power in prayer. You see, because things happen when believers believe enough that they will get on their knees and pray. Can you say amen in this place? This is how we fight our battles this is how we progress in life this is how we get direction this is how we get clarity when we realise listen, I need to pray I need to do something about this situation it is bigger than me so I need to pray we know that James said the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much in other words it is a precious tool in our tool belt, in our armory it's a precious weapon that we have as believers we have the ability to stand before a holy and righteous God and say God I need you to intervene in this situation God I need clarity in this situation God you need to help me right here it gives us access to the throne room of God when Jesus Christ died on a cross he said the veil was split in two in the Old Testament not anybody could go into the Holy of Holies in fact if you did enter into the Holy of Holies you would drop dead straight there but what Jesus Christ Christ did. He died on a cross and opened up the access that you and I, we can stand before God in the throne room. We can get on our knees and enter in to the holy of holies. A person who prays knows that they need to be connected to a power source. A person who prays knows that there is something out there that is higher than them that can move and function on their behalf. People that don't pray simply don't believe God can intervene. That's what it is. People that are too busy to pray simply don't understand the dynamics of what they're doing when they're offering up prayer to God. People who say, listen, I'm too tired to pray are just too busy in life and their priorities are wrong. We need to understand when we pray, we are connecting to a power source. And the reason why this is significant is because Jesus Christ, remember who he is. He is the son of the living God. Listen, if anybody could have made it without praying in this world, it would have been Jesus Christ. If anybody could have done their ministry without having to pray, it would have been him. But he said, no. Oh, I need to pray I myself need to be connected to the Father I need to be connected to the power source so we can understand listen if Jesus Christ had to pray we must pray double can you say amen in this place if Jesus Christ had to find a place to say stop everything I need to speak to my Father listen we need to do exactly the same thing can you say amen in this place the who is Jesus Christ the Son of God The what is he prayed. Let's look at the when. Bible says, Now in the morning, having raised a long while before daylight. This is in the morning. Now I know some people are allergic to waking up early in the morning. I know, hey, that used to be my thing as well. But there is a a dynamic about doing things in the morning. There's a dynamic about doing things first. Because there's a saying, first things, what? First. First. So he understood, listen, I'm going to be doing so many things today. My agenda is packed today. I'm going to be speaking to people. I'm going to be praying for people. I'm going to be conversing with people. I'm going to be traveling places. Before I do any of that, I need to ensure that first things are what? It is important that we understand that dynamic because um, the way God designed our bodies, listen, the way he designed our human minds, our brains, there's something called neurogenesis. When we wake up in the morning, our brain is, is, is arisen with new cells, new brain cells ready to do something, ready to latch onto something. And it's scientifically proven, listen, the first things you read, listen, that will affect your day. That's why I don't understand. Some people, the first thing they do, do they click on the news and see all this bad news and see all this misery and and then you wonder why lunchtime you're down you're depressed you wonder why you can't sleep at night because the first thing you gave yourself to was nonsense come on now they call it news they should just call it bad news I don't know if you've been seeing BBC news put any good news on there where's the last time you put the BBC news and you see good news when was the last time but yet that's the first thing we do or we check our status on Instagram or we check our status on Facebook and we'll see what our status is doing on WhatsApp we've got to make sure that people like my photos because if they did not like my photos I'm not going to be happier so that's the first thing we check I need to make sure i got at least 10 likes if I didn't get 10 likes listen you guys ain't my friends I'm going to dislike you I'm not going to like your post either. come on now this is what goes through our mind before we even got out of our bed this was going through our mind But Jesus Christ, the who is Jesus Christ? The what is he prayed? When did he do it? Early in the morning. Before the day even, before the sun even starts to come out. He said, no, no, before even suns come out, I need to do something first. I need to get my priorities straight. Because there's so much that I've got to do. There's so much responsibility I have that I can't do anything until I go and see my father. You know, Charles Spurgeon, one of the great preachers of old, he says, I have to stand before God before I stand before anybody else. I have to speak and converse with God before I speak and converse with anybody else. We need to understand that whatever we do in the morning, it has weight or it carries weight as we push through. That's why in Psalm 63, in verse number 1, the psalmist says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. We need to get our marching orders right early in the place we know the who as Jesus Christ we know the what he prayed the when is right there in the morning I want to look at this one now it's quite important is the where the where because it says in our in our scripture now in the morning having risen a long while before daylight he went out and departed to a solitary place now this is very interesting And the Bible says a solitary place. You can use that word uh, uh, synonymously with a deserted place. In other words, uh, there was nothing or no one where he went. Because how many know this world is full of distractions? We are a distracted generation. We are a distracted people. Listen, you can't, if you, you can't go five minutes without your phone blowing up. Listen, I'm a part of so many WhatsApp groups. I don't know where I'm coming or going. There's messages every five minutes on my phone. Sometimes I just need to leave my phone somewhere else. Because we are distracted. And if it's not your phone, you're thinking about uh, the argument you had with your boyfriend last night. and thinking, "Oh, how could he say that to me? Uh, he doesn't know that I love him. Then you're thinking about uh, the money that you owe the bank because you spent the credit card a little bit too much. Uh, then you're thinking about, how am I going to pay this? Listen, we are distracted people. Come on now. One of the things he did, he made a point to say, I'm going to move away. I'm going to withdraw myself. I'm going to pull away. You see, I named this title or the the sermon solitary confinement because you see, solitary confinement is a prison term and it's usually a negative thing. Usually it's to do with people that have done something wrong and they need to segregate them and put them away. So it's usually a, a, a negative thing. But I want to kind of spin it and say, church, you need to put yourself in solitary confinement sometimes. Can you say amen in this place? You need to take yourself out of the whole mix sometimes. You need to remove yourself from the distraction sometimes times pull away and find that solitary place because when you find that solitary place you can have an intimacy that you can't have out in the open can you say amen because how many know intimacy is meant to be reserved for somewhere that's secret come on when there's intimacy it's out in the open that's just weird come on that makes sense right you see intimacy that's open that's not right well intimacy should be secret should be hidden you should have a place you should have a closet you should have somewhere where you can recluse you can move away from the issues of life move away from the distractions and just speak to your creator you should have a time where you say nothing is going to distract me there should be a time in your calendar in your diary where you set time aside to say God I need to know you God I want a deeper relationship with you because if you don't do that you are doing yourself a disservice You'll have a strictly high level relationship with God. We need to aim to get, listen, Jesus Christ made it a point to say, I'm going to pull away. I'm going to pull away from the noise, pull away from the distractions. You know, the best time to do that is when you're not sure where you're going. You know, when I'm driving my car, uh, this is, you know, one of my first cars and so on. One of the things I I couldn't wait to do when I started driving was to play music loud in my car. I don't know why I was just foolish and young. That was my dream. I couldn't wait to get my first car and crank up the volume. That was what I did. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe my hearing's messed up because of that. But listen, it was, it was, that was my thing. That was my, that was my whole point of getting a car was so I can be mobile and have my music cranked up. But I used to do that, but sometimes what we used to, um, I don't know if you do this as well, what used to, uh, when I look back, it used to interest me is that sometimes I'll get lost. I won't know where I'm going. And the first thing I do is turn the noise down. (laughs) I don't know why, I don't know if if there's a link there. If I'm trying to find my way, listen, I can't, I can't, there's too much going, let me just turn the noise down. Because I'm trying to find my way, come on now. I'm trying to understand how to navigate this place. I'm lost. I need to concentrate. Let's turn down the drill music. Come on. Let's turn down the distractions because I need to concentrate. Listen, in life, that's what we need to do. Sometimes you don't know where you're going. You need some clarity. You need direction. Listen, what you need to do is turn down the noise. You need to turn down the things that are distracting you. Turn down the things that are taking your attention away. Turn it down so you can focus. You need to know where you're going. You need to understand. Listen God I need your help here. I'm going to turn the TV off. Come on now. I'm going to turn the music off. Come on now. That relationship put on pause for a second. Alright. I need to focus where I'm going. Because these things will start to distract you. You won't be able to hear this still. Smaller voice. Can you say amen in this place? <laughs> Jesus Christ himself. Needed to pull away. And I said it before. If Jesus. The son of God. Needed to pull away. You need to pull away. Yeah. If Jesus Christ. Needed to set a time. Where he says. Listen you guys are asleep. But I've got business. And you need to do this. So we know the who is Jesus. We know the what he prayed. We know the when. It was early in the morning. We know the Where. The question is, why? Why did he need to do this? Because Jesus Christ knew what was ahead of him. Jesus Christ knew his destiny, he knew that he had a task at hand. Can I say, church, you're not just a random piece of molecules put together. You are created, you are fashioned, and you have a purpose and a plan. You need to be able to get yourself pulled away from the noise because you have a job to do. God has given you, God has created you with a purpose. He's got a plan and a destiny for your life. Your job is to find out that plan, to find out that destiny. And to do that, you need to pull away from the noise. You need to pull away from the world and get to a position where you can receive instructions from God. Jesus Christ knew he had a plan, he had a destiny, he had a path to follow. So he had to do this. He had to connect to the power source. He had to remove himself from all the distractions and allow God to minister to him. I want to look secondly about following the pattern. You see, because this wasn't just a one-off. I've picked this. This is Mark chapter 1, verse number 35. But this wasn't just a one-off. This is something Jesus was habitually doing. In Luke chapter 5, verse number 16, we see it says, so he himself... Often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. This was something he did. Often, this wasn't just something he did as a crossover service. This was about to cross over into 2023. Listen, the place will be packed. I hope it is. People praying for a prosperous new year. Listen, I'm gonna be praying for myself for a prosperous new year. I hope you are too. But listen, that's not gonna be the only time I'm gonna be praying. The next day, I'm gonna to have to be praying. The day after that, I'm gonna to have to be praying. Listen, it was interesting when this happened. This was the day after Sabbath. In other words, he had just been to church. Listen, the Sabbath was there, he'd been. This was the day after. He says, yes, I've been to church. Now it's a fresh new day. I still need to get direction. I still need to knock on the door of heaven. And that should be your thought as well. You need to do this. This needs to be a lifestyle. You should continually withdraw. And listen, try to draw closer to God. Try and draw closer to him. And he did this as a pattern so that we should follow. Can you say amen in this place? Jesus discipled people by showing them what to do and how to do it. So he often pulled himself away so that we can look at his life and say, listen, I must do that. It was after a session like this in the book of Luke that the disciples says, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because they saw him do it. They said, Jesus, what you do every morning, what you do every day, we want to see that. We want to see that in our life because we see the powerful results in your life we see the powerful results in your ministry and teach us how to pray and he did this as a pattern so that people after can follow along now I want to look with you lastly about what is done in the secret will manifest out in the open whatever you do in the secret place will be manifested out in the open If you have a secret place, if you have a place where you can come to, you can go to, um, and you're travailing with God, you're asking God, you're praying, you're seeking God, um, it will manifest itself out in the open. I want to read with you uh, an account in Matthew 17. Um, And we're going to read through it. I mean, I want to read the the verse, a couple of verses, but stay with me. I want to open it up here. Matthew 17, verse number 14. It says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, this is Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long should I be with you? How long should I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here and it will move and nothing will be impossible possible for you. However, the Bible says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now we know this is a familiar portion of scripture. We see this boy that comes that his disciples, Jesus' disciples, weren't able to cure, but Jesus in an instant just rebuked it and he was cured that very hour. And he told his disciples, listen, you need to have faith, but there are levels to this thing. He said, this type does not come out except by prayer and fasting. And what I want to bring to you today out of that story is that it's interesting that when Jesus Uh, 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 cured the boy, he didn't do either of those things He said, listen, you have to pray and you have to fast to cast this type of demon out. But as he was there, he stepped on the scene. He didn't do none of those things. Why? Because he has an appetite for that already. He's been doing that for the past week, for the past month, for the past couple of years. He had an appetite for prayer and fasting. So now when it came to the the event, he was able to do it because he had a secret place. He was able to do something out in the open because he pulled himself away. He withdrew Drew and he fasted and he prayed earlier. So now, when it comes time to to overcome an issue, now, when it comes time to overcome depression, now, when it comes time to find faith when there's no money in the bank, you can do it because you have a secret place. Can you say amen in this place? What you do in your closet will open out in the open for all to see. Look at Mark 6 and verse number 6. The Bible says, But when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly, listen church if you do not have a secret place you need to find yourself a secret place starting today and in that secret place don't allow any mobile phones, come on now in the secret place don't allow any relations, listen it's between you and God, you need to have a place where you can call your own, where you can do business with God, because we are facing too much in this generation there's there's things facing our lives, our children's lives that are too big for us to handle we need to go to someone that is bigger, can you say amen in this place we need to go to someone that has more power than we have, we need to go to someone that has the answers, because we don't have the answers, and God can I tell you, the answers are found in the secret place can you say amen in this place, we all need to have a secret place where we can go to, um, when the times get tough, um, listen, I'll deal with it in my secret place. Um, when I don't know where to go, um, listen, I'll find a way in my secret place. Um, listen, um, when there's nothing in my bank account, hey, um, you best believe I'm going to be in my secret place um, because that's where you're going to find the answers. Um, and like I said from the beginning, um, I've said it a few times, um, if Jesus Christ needed to pray, um, if Jesus Christ needed to find himself away from people, um, listen, um, we need to find Follow that pattern, and if we do that, the Bible says, if we believe, we will work the same works, in fact, even greater works than Jesus Christ did if we have a secret place. Who believes that in this place this morning? Come on now, amen. <laughs> Solitary confinement. We need to, on purpose, restrict ourselves to a place where there's no distractions. We need to, on purpose, restrict ourselves where there's no no noise, nothing that could take us away, we need to on purpose restrict ourselves and say, God, I want to have a relationship with you. God, I need to know you more intimately. God, I need direction. God, I don't know how to get over this one. God, I need you to direct me, to order my footsteps, to direct my path. So listen, as we step into a new year, we don't know what's going to be ahead of us. We don't know the answers, but you have the ability to connect with the one that has the future in his hands. You have the ability to have a relationship with the one that can provide that provision that you have no idea where it comes from. You have the ability to connect with the creator of the universe. Church, we need to find a solitary, secret place. Listen, prayer together is great. Praying with your family is great. They say the family that prays together stays together. We need to continue doing that. Prayer as a church is fantastic. We won't stop doing that. We'll continue doing that. But there must be a time where it is just you and God. There must be a time where it is just a one-on-one, where it's just you in your, wherever that closet is. That closet doesn't have to be anything special. The closet could be a mental place. You could be on the edge of your bed. You could be walking around the block. You could be in your car. You could be wherever it is. But you must find a place where it is secret. And it's in the secret place that you will see the face of God. It's in the secret place that you will understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And if you don't have a secret place, today is the day that you should get one let's bow our heads um, let's close our eyes in this place solitary confinement like I said solitary confinement is usually a negative thing used to punish used to try and bring correction in the judicial system but I want to flip it on its head today and say we could all do with some solitary confinement there's things that we won't be able to overcome until we find a place where we can go and stand before God there's answers we won't be able to get until we could seek his face diligently seek him there's thirst we won't be able to quench until we thirst for living water the secret place maybe you're in this place and under the sound of my voice you you don't have a secret place Maybe under the sound of my voice and you didn't even know that you could have a secret place. Or worse yet, you didn't even know that Jesus Christ tore the veil in two that you can have direct access to your heavenly Father. Maybe you're here, you're trying to find answers for yourself, trying to understand life yourself, trying to get through problems and issues yourself and it's not going very well. Life is tough, life is hard. Well, I want to introduce you to the Holy of Holies, to a place where you personally can stand before God. But you can only do that, you can only enter into that by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, accepting what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. So if you're under the sound of my voice and you've never done that before, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, I want to give you an opportunity right now this morning to accept. And what does that mean? Because, you know, accepting Christ, you may have heard that before, but listen, accepting Christ is accepting a free gift. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Because we've all done bad. We've all done bad things. And we deserve to be punished for the bad things that we've done. But the price is too much for us to pay. It's life. We have to pay with our life. But Jesus Christ said, because I love you so much, I'm going to pay the price for you so you don't have to. I'm going to die a sinner's death so that you can live a righteous life. The Bible says, all you've got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord and God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. So if you're in this place and you've not been saved before, you want to be saved, you're tired of being tired. You're tired of going around in circles and you want Jesus Christ to come in and break the circle. What I want you to do is lift your hand as a sign to me. If you're in this place, if I'm speaking to you, if God is knocking on the door of your heart, respond, lift up your hand and say, I want Jesus in this place at all. Anyone understand my voice? Front, Front to back, left to right. You want Jesus Christ in this place. Maybe in this place you're un, you're, you're backslidden, you, you you used to know Christ, but uh, you've been distracted, and you're pulled away and and now you're you're living for the world, living for yourself. You want to come back to Christ. if that's you unsaved or backslidden, raise that hand up. Uh, if you're in this place at all, I kind of privilege to pray with you, lead you in a prayer, lead you to a sinner's prayer to allow Jesus Christ to come into your life. Unsaved or backslidden in this place, all across this place. Amen. God is speaking. Amen. Not to embarrass if that's you raise your hand i'll pray that's what i want to do amen amen thank you jesus okay speaking to christians in this place oh how it is so important that we have a secret place the place where we enter in we have that intimacy with god that place where we go we shut out distractions And we set our face like a flint towards god we open up our heart we open up our vulnerabilities before god we lay our burdens down before the foot of the cross oh how important it is to have a secret place how important it is to withdraw frequently listen if you used to have a commitment to prayer but Along the line, you know, things have gotten in, in, in the way. You're, you're busy, your workplace, uh, your, your, uh, your studies, your relationships have, have gotten in the way. And now you, you pray every now and again. Listen, today is the day to rededicate your prayer life. Today is the day to open up that secret place again. Today is the day, the day to get the key to that closet again and enter into that closet. Make a vow to say, I'm going to have a secret place. and I'm going to rise up and early will I seek you like the psalmist said. I'm going to give myself to you. Oh, because you recognise that you need to connect to the power source. Listen, what we're going to do, we're going to spend some time praying and asking God to, if that's you, to renew that, vow to renew that effort. oh, If you already have a secret place, let's continue on. Let's intensify as we see the day approaching. oh, We need to intensify. Listen, these altars are open. If you want to come and find a place to pray right here in the altar, listen, come find a place to pray. Let's renew our vow to have that secret place. Let's renew that, that, that promise to say, God, I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to seek your face. Listen, find a place to pray. Bow the knee here at the altar and say, God, help me. Oh, as I come to you, I need you in every area of my life. I need you in every circumstance. I'm going to renew my chance to come and have a secret place. I'm going to renew my vow to say, God, I'm going to seek after you. As the deer panties for the water, my soul is going to long after you. Come, yes, find a place. Come, come, let's pray. Oh, this is between you and God right now. Oh, build that secret place. Open that closet once. Once again. Find a place to pray. Father we thank you Lord Jesus God we worship you God oh we thank you God we commit to you once again oh we rededicate our lives to you God oh seeking your face God we're going to come to you in the secret place oh God and we're going to have an intimacy with you God we're praying reveal yourself to us God show us your glory God show us your power Lord God, show us great uh, and mighty things, oh God uh, When we seek your face uh, God, give us clarity uh, Give us direction, God uh, God, the answers uh, Oh Lord, to the things we've been stumbling on uh, God, I uh, pray, Father God uh, Open up the supernatural, God uh, As we contend uh, As we come to a place uh, Oh Father God uh, Where we surrender ourselves to you, God uh, Oh, we rededicate our lives to you again Oh, we rededicate our secret place to you again, Father God. We're here this morning to say, God, we need you. No one else would do, Lord God. We're here, oh Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus.